Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Heavy duty topic today. <clears throat> We're going to do a deep dive into the. Uh, uh, the inner workings of the Catholic Church right now, in light of what St. Paul talks about uh, when he mentions the, the Antichrist in his letter to the Thessalonians. We're going to take a look at that word, but before we do, July, just want to remind you for us as Catholics, the month of July is dedicated to the precious blood of Jesus. And the Feast of the Precious Blood of Jesus was instituted back in 1849 by Venerable Pius IX. But the devotion to the precious blood of Jesus actually goes back to Calvary. It's as old as Christianity itself. And so as Catholics, if you can't get to daily Mass, at the very least, uh, do a spiritual communion prayer. Ask Jesus Christ sacramentally to come into your heart. That's an old, ancient Catholic tradition. Okay. All right. Now to get into... uh, Things that are painful, but things that need to be talked about as Catholics. We just we can't uh, we can't hide the facts under a bushel basket. If uh, the only way we're going to fix uh, a problem is you have to expose a problem, and so there's two articles here that talk about specifically uh, the times that we're living in right now. One of the articles written by my good friend Father Dave Nix, who goes by Padre Peregrino, but his uh, his real name's Father Dave Nix. Uh, He's a, an incredible writer. And, and uh, the fact is, is that as Catholics, we're, uh, we're living right now in a time where there's a, without a doubt, there's a lot of confusion. People are scratching their head and they're saying, yeah. what's going on right now? Paul, comment? <laughs> yeah, Jess, uh, once again, your finger's on the pulse. I think everybody who listens to this program understands that these are definitely some trying times for the church. Uh, it is, though, um, I'm happy to say people like Father Dave Nix and others, there are voices of clarity. Yep. And uh, I- I'm just led by the, uh, the words of Christ himself, where he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And if we uh, be pleasing unto the Lord and are faithful to uh, preaching uh, his message, Jess, uh, by God's grace, uh, people will be edified. Yeah, and one of the things I think that we have to realize that as Catholics that uh, I think paragraph 675 of the Catechism kind of unlocks unlocks our understanding of what we're going through right now. How did the Church of Christ start? Think about it. It started with the Passion. That's how it started. Yes. Well, yes. The, the the Church says that we're going to end the Catholic Church is going to, before the second coming of Christ, the Catholic Church is going to go through its passion. I can yeah. only imagine that right now, that's exactly what we're going through right now, the yes. passion of Christ, without a doubt. Yes, uh, and, absolutely. And, 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 and that's why, again, the whole, you know, when you hear about the Protestant health and wealth gospel and the rapture, nobody's going to be, uh, nobody's going to suffer, guy's going to rapture them out. That's just plain heresy. We're going to suffer yes. and we, and we are suffering 
And the yes. catechism says we're going to suffer as a church before the second coming of Christ. And one of the gr- ways that we're going to suffer, St. Alphonsus of Liguria, doctor of the church, says, now I hope I don't see this in my lifetime, but we could. St. Alphonsus of Liguria says, just like in the, in the days of Daniel, where you have Antiochus Epiphanes, who stopped the sacrifice, the temple sacrifice in Jerusalem, St. Alphonsus Liguori, one of the 38 doctors of the church and moral theologians, says that one of the things that will happen when the Antichrist comes here, he will stop the Mass. If you don't, it, think, that you can, know, it, if you don't think that can happen, guess what? Yes. It, it, yes. It, it, yeah, it happened just by a man-made construct uh, in yeah. our lifetime. Yeah, Jess, you mentioned suffering and, uh, you know, how important. Listen, God is love. When love came into this world uh, through the life and passion of Jesus Christ, love, suffering became inseparably united. (laughs) You know what I mean? Love and suffering came together, and that constitutes our Catholic faith. Suffering perfects love, and Christ, we're called to emulate him. And so when we follow him, he says, if any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross. That's the instrument of suffering, the instrument of death. This is what we're called to do, to give our life, to lay down our life like our master. Oh, yeah. Well, it's happening. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, it's happening. And so just embrace it. I just tell people, just embrace it. Okay, just you know what? That just just go with it. So yeah. let's take a look at this article. Uh, Pope Benedict's biographer basically slams Pope Francis for undermining Catholic tradition. His name is Peter Seewald, very respective biographer. He said that Pope Francis is getting rid of Benedict's legacy and wants to break out of the doctrinal tradition of the church. Yeah, in fact, I've even heard of Pope Francis say uh, recently that. Uh, we have to follow the current magisterium. So he's calling himself the current magisterium, and he wants to basically make a new magisterium. The article says Pope Benedict's official biographer blasted Pope Francis in a new interview accusing the Pope of trying to break out of the tradition of the church and warning that Francis that Francis's recent actions, including the appointments of a heterodox Vatican doctrinal chief, could lead to a flood that destroys the remnants of Christianity in Europe. Mm. Uh, I'm, ju- I'm just thinking about an article that I saw in Church Milton the other day. It says only one in 10 Italians are practicing Catholics right now. Uh, wow. That, yes. Yeah. That, that's you know, headquarters that, right there. That's headquarters of yeah. another church. Yeah. I talked to a few people that um, have come back from Europe and they're like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. The churches are empty in Europe. <laughs> And it's it's so sad. What a yeah, Europe, sad. Europe is looking to the United States to reboot Christianity. Europe is, uh, I get emails all the time. We're looking to you guys to re- reboot Christianity because we're just, can you imagine? Italy is headquarters of the Roman Catholic Church. And only a study reveals that only one in 10 Italians are practicing Catholics. The article says, yeah, in a scathing interview with the German website, cath.net, Peter Seewald excoriated Francis for getting rid of Benedict's, Benedict's legacy as part of an increasingly radicalized agenda. Contrasting Benedict and Francis, Peter Seewald said that the former underlined the importance of continuity, talking about Benedict, 
and the great traditions of the Catholic Church without at the same time closing himself off to reform. So yeah, Pope Benedict says, all right, there needs to be some reforms in the church, but we need to hold on to the importance of tradition. Yes. This Pope, this Pope believes, forget about the continuity. We just need to reform the church and make it different. So there's a difference there. You want to pick it up right there, Paul? Next. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, underline importance. Okay. okay. Reform means to preserve in renewal, to renew in preservation, in order to bring the testimony of faith with new clarity into the darkness, Seawalt said. You know, just uh, just really a quick comment on that. Uh, um, reform is something, as you taught me a long time ago, that happens within the church, right? Not right. outside of the church. And so we're constantly reforming. That's what we do. But we have to that con- you know that hermeneutic of continuity that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth talked about is important. We can you know we have to faithfully take that which was passed on and. Uh, you know, and interpret what's going on now in light of that. Anyway, continuing yep. on with the article, yep. Francis, on the other hand, wants to break out of continuity. And thus, from the doctrinal tradition of the church, he charged. It could be observed that Pope Francis's course becomes more radicalized with increasing age, or shall we say, unveiled, which mm-hmm. is basically implying that he's not you know, uh, 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 you know, some, you know, guy who's just doesn't understand what's going on. He has an agenda. And so um, that's the implication. Um, Correct. Yep. Yes. See what to traditionis custodis Francis apostolic letter that severely restricts the traditional Latin mass and reverse Benedict the 16th document Samorum Pontificum, which gave priests broad permission to celebrate the old mass. Traditionis Custodis was like a stab in the heart for Benedict, who only learned about it from Vatican's newspapers, Seawald related. He never recovered from it in terms of his health. Can you imagine, Jess? Wow. Pope Benedict XVI, an old man who, you know, who literally put his stamp on the church. He was a brilliant theologian. He, uh, you know, for many, many, many years, he was in charge of the... uh, 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 basically, the head cat, yeah, the CDF, the, the head catechist uh, for yeah. the for the faith, and all of a sudden, uh, all the work that he'd done is swept away with one, uh, yes, with one mode appropriate. Yeah, that's exactly what a, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what this is? Yeah, this is a tragedy. Shortly after yeah. his death, the whole world could then follow how Bergoglio sped up his pace even more. Yeah, that's true. Pope Francis has sped up his modernist pace even more after Pope Benedict died. Seawall particularly condemned Francis' appointment of Archbishop Victor Emmanuel Fernandez as a new prefect of the dicastery. So he even changed that name. It used to be called the uh, it used to be called the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Now Pope Francis, I guess, just to you know, just to I don't know why he did that. He now is calling it the DDF or, or the uh, the CD the prefect. He, for, yeah. the, he's calling it now the Doctrine of the Faith. The DDF. Yeah, yeah, Pope Cardinal Ratzinger led the CDF for 23 years under Pope John Paul II. We'll continue talking about this. uh, This is one of those, as the Greeks would say, this is one of those tragedies. We'll continue uh, talking, uh, putting a spotlight on this. We have to know what's going on in our church.
Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Just want to remind you that October 6th to the 16th, I'm going to the Holy Land, the land where Jesus walked, the land where God actually walked. If you're interested in going with myself, Father Dave Nix, my pastor, Father Craig Friedley, uh, just go to my website, jesseromero.com. The flyer's there, October 6th to the 16th. If you've never been there, this is a trip of a lifetime. Uh, Father Mitch Paqua calls the whole, a Holy Land trip. He calls it the fifth gospel. You got St. Matthew, St. Mark, St. Luke, St. John, and then you got the fifth gospel actually walking into the Holy Land. So treat yourself, especially if you're retired out there. Uh, if you, uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the trips that should be on your bucket list. Okay, we're going to continue talking about... Uh, the betrayal of Pope Benedict, really the the betrayal of Pope Benedict, he got, Paul, go ahead. I just wanted to comment on, you know, you talked about the uh, going to the Holy Land, et cetera. You know, just Europe just uh, passed a thing. It's going to be effective in 2024 where you have to have a visa to go to Europe. And you better believe that also comes with, your, you know, a full regiment of your, of the jab. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it looks like it looks like I won't be going to Europe uh, after 2024. No need to yes. go. So, if if you kind of want to know where we're at right now in church history, paragraph 675 tells us where we're at right now. Here's what it says in the Catechism: Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The persecution that accompanies the church on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. So that's where we're at right now. Right now, yes. we are, we are, the church is being persecuted on her pilgrimage on earth. I just look at the Catholic church right now. I just think about Jesus Christ being scourged by the cat of nine tails. I think about yeah. Jesus Christ being punched, spit on, insulted. Yeah. I think about our Lord Jesus Christ as they're slamming a crown of thorns and hitting them with a stick on the head. This is where we're at right now. And if you don't understand that, nothing's going to make sense as to what's happening yes. with the with the USCCB, yes. what's happening with, with the, at the Vatican. Unless you understand that God is allowing this to happen right now, it's his permissive will. That's right. Discern the times. Hey, you know, Jess, you talked about, um, uh, you know, uh, what's going on. I, I call it the Rodney King uh, theology <laughs> in the sense that can't we all just get along, but at the expense of truth. And this is this religious deception that you mentioned. The fact that, hey, it doesn't matter if you're Muslim. If it doesn't, you know, come, come as you are and remain as you are. We have enough in common, the, the brotherhood of mankind, you know, the, the unification under the first Adam, you know, at the expense of the truth, which, you know, Jesus Christ was clear when he said, go out, teach them all that I commanded you, baptize that, that AKA convert them. Yeah. We, uh, and, and what's sad is just like at the time of, at, at the time of Christ, the religious deception is coming from many of our church leaders. That's, yes. that's the point that this article is making. Let me continue. It says yes. here, Cardinal Fernandez, 
whom Francis has also named. He was bishop. He's now his cardinal. Francis named him a cardinal and put him as the as the prefect of the new dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, uh, this cardinal has said that the church could... Re- so he's the highest catechist in the church right now, this cardinal, Fernandez. He said that he could that the church could rethink the rejection of blessings for homosexual unions, and he also argued in support of condom use, and he also wrote an erotic book about kissing. So this cardinal is a modernist, and is promoting material heresy. These are my comments. Think about this. He wrote a book on the art of kissing. What about writing a book, Cardinal, on the art of evangelization, or on yeah. the art of winning, or on the art of winning yeah. souls? Is that too yeah. much to ask you, Paul? You want to pick it? Yeah, there? yeah, Jess. I, I think the title of the book was the Theology of Kissing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just you can't make this stuff up. The appointment of Fernandez to the CDF shows that Pope Francis is seeking the destruction of Benedict's legacy, Seawald suggested. After dismantling former CDF prefect Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, an appointee of Benedict at the first opportunity, Francis is now hoisting someone into office who immediately announced a kind of self-dismantling. He said, Fernandez wants to change the catechism relativize the of the Bible, put celibacy up for discussion, Seawald noted. The incoming doctrine chief hinted at revising the language of the catechism on homosexuality last week, telling a newspaper, uh, Quotiano Nacional, that the catechism allegedly causes pain to people's hearts. Pope Francis would undoubtedly use different language, Fernandez said. Listen, you know what I say, yeah, Jess. If, tr- if the truth offends you, you need to be offended. Yeah, he's uh, he's referring to the section on homosexuality where the church yes. calls it intrinsically yeah. evil, disorder. That, that yes. causes pain yes. in people's hearts. Yes, causes yes. pain. And and the reality is, is look, at, nobody here is homophobic. You know, uh, we... Uh, uh, like like any good Christian, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. And all we're doing is saying, listen, we're not the ones who dictate uh, uh, truth. God does. And all we're doing is saying, listen, God is the only wise God. He knows. And so you're either going to get on board with God and follow his uh, precepts or you're not. And so that's what we're called to do. Be faithful to God. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. That's all we're doing as Catholics. Just we're obeying our Lord. Pretty simple. And again, as we're reading this article, just keep on going back to paragraph 675 of the catechism. And it's all going to make sense. There's a religious deception going on here. And we have new we have new Pharisees. We have yes. new Pharisees, and the new Pharisees right now, they're not in the Old Testament. They are Catholic bishops and cardinals with mitres. And I say this with a lot of pain, knowing that we're the yes. true church of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and pick it up there, Paul. Yeah. Seawall also criticized the letter that Francis addressed upon his appointment to the CDF, which the Pope claimed that harmonious growth of differing currents of thought Will, pers- will preserve Christian doctrine more effectively than any control mechanism. Harmonious. So he, they, they, want, they, want, they want a chorus here, Jess. Harmonious mm. growth. Mm. Uh, 
that not only sounds slippery, but also downright grotesque in view of the dramatic crisis of the church in the West, the, 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 the papal biographer commented. Hey, Jess, you know, earlier we just read about how, you know, um, they want to change the view on homosexuality. Why is that not possible, Jess? I mean, can you, can you comment on that? Well, because it's divine revelation. And what that means, that's the highest teaching authority in the Catholic Church. According to yeah. Dave Verbum, I think it's chapter, paragraph 24, the word of God is the highest authority in, uh, in Catholic theology. In fact, yeah. Catholic theology, even at Vatican II, it says... Uh, the sacred scriptures is the soul. Look at the word that Vatican II uses. It's the mm -hmm. soul of Catholic theology. In other mm -hmm. words, uh, and, and uh, Vatican II also says that the magisterium is underneath the word of God. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Underneath the word of God. Good in other point. words, in other words, Vatican II says that the magisterium is a servant of the word of God is underneath the word of God, not over the word of God not overseers or overlords of the word of God, but underneath the word of God. Very clear teachings in Vatican II. Yeah. It's yeah, and, it is, and, it, yeah. and it also appeals to the order of creation, right? Where in, in, in his commandment, he said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Uh, uh, homosexual relationships cannot be fruitful, period. So therefore, they cannot follow the command of God in that regard. Right. And it's been, again, it's been divinely revealed if anybody wants to just read, you know, the catastrophe that'll happen, read Genesis chapter 19, the whole chapter. That's the chapter mm -hmm. of Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it stays, uh, that story will be proclaimed for time immemorial. This are the, these are the consequences of, uh, of breaking God's commandments and violating God's words. Yes. It says here, um, in the same letter, Francis denounced the CDF for having previously used, look, look what Francis said about, he said this about Pope Benedict and John Paul II's CDF, which used to be called before Vatican II the Holy Office. He said they've used immoral methods. Mm. So he, he's called as the prior popes, their, 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 their congregations for the doctrine of the faith. Pope Francis says that the prior popes have used immoral methods. Mm -hmm. A remark that Seawold slammed as an infamous attack on Benedict XVI intended to make relativism hopeful. The dicastery over which you will preside in other times came to use immoral methods, Pope Francis wrote to Fernandez. Those were times when, when, when rather than promoting theological knowledge, possible doctrinal errors were pursued. I'm going to stop right there. This is a huge mm. statement by Pope Francis. So he's mm. saying that his predecessors in their CDFs, their Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which is the highest office for doctrine and, and theology in, cat, in catechesis, he's saying that the prior popes taught possible doctrinal errors. But Jess, he doesn't, he doesn't identify these possible doctrinal errors. Of course he can't because they didn't. He can't right. identify them because they didn't teach error. So he just has right. to throw that word out there just yeah. to kind of just to uh, uh, tarnish the reputation. But he gives no evidence because mm. he it's his CDF which wants to teach yeah. doctoral errors. Yeah. So how could how could this not be seen as a as a reference to the former prefect of the CDF, Joseph Ratzinger, as well as an attempt to legitimize the change of course? 
Seawald responded. Responded. So all of us know what he wants to do. He wants to change course. He wants a new magisterium and he wants a new church. All you got to do is go back to the catechism, paragraph 675. This is the work of the Antichrist. So let me continue with the article. Mm-hmm. Seawald responded. The statement is meant to discredit the high level of the congregation under Cardinals Mueller and Ratzinger in order to make relativism hopeful. The CDF under Cardinal Ratzinger and later Pope Benedict XVI be- became a target of the left-wing media and dissident Catholics for investigating and occasionally censoring priests and theologians who contradicted Catholic teaching. <clears throat> Indeed, the congregation investigated Cardinal Fernandez himself for more than a year after Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio of Buenos Aires, now Pope Francis, appointed him rector of the Pontifical Catholic University of Argentina back in 2009. Why is it that all Pope Francis's appointees have all had prior investigations and it's kind of like the Biden administration they've all been swept under the carpet and we they say nothing to see here and move on we'll continue talking and, about this and, yeah, this and is well written. yeah and why is it that the world gives them a pass <laughs> well we know why <laughs> because the political left and the religious left works together that's why amen amen alright we'll be back we'll be back stick around Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Hey, last week I was involved in a big protest rally at Washington, D.C. A lot of Catholic leaders and apostles, we were over there. And we were basically at a press conference. We called in about 20, about 24 press different agencies showed up. At the uh, at the National Press Corps, which is uh, that's that's basically headquarters for journalism in the United States, and we're mm-hmm. asking the press, and this is not Catholic press that was there; it was secular press. We wanted to have a, a, a press conference with the secular press, and we're begging them to start exposing the information that we're providing for them that the U.S. bishops, the USCCB, are basically the acolytes of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party gives the USCCB every single year 90 to $100 million for their social justice causes. They've turned the USCCB, specifically Catholic Charities, uh, Catholic Relief Services, they've turned them into a branch of the Democrat Party. And so we're going to continue these press conferences and these rallies in Washington, D.C. because we need to break the adulterous relationship between the USCCB and the Democrat Party. This uh, Nothing good can come out of this. And nothing good is coming out of this. Uh, that, that's kind of a sidebar I just wanted to mention, Paula. Yeah, but just, yeah, but just I'd just like to add that um, you said it right before the break that the left, the political left, and the religious left work hand in hand. So the left, who is which dominates the press, as you know, um, they are happy with this relationship. But I can tell you one thing. I, I already know how it's going to end because they will use the church to gain power. And once they've gotten everything that they can get out of the church, then they're going to kick the church to the side and treat it like a redheaded stepchild. That's my that's my prediction. Of course they are. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they have they, they have no use for the church other than to use it to continue affecting uh, leftist causes. The yes. article says here, 
Cardinal Mueller reveals Vatican Doctrine Office had a red flag on incoming chief uh, Archbishop Fernandez, now Cardinal Fernandez. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith had doctrinal concerns and the Congregation for Education considered Fernandez unsuitable for such an important leadership position, Seawald-related. Bergoglio, however, pushed through Fernandez, now Cardinal, appointment as rector and now clears the way to Rome for him by redefining the duties of a prefect of the dicastery for the faith. He said, it would not be so much about preserving doctrine, so he wants to change the duties of the office, hmm. but about a growth, a growing understanding. There it is. Pope Francis, hmm. he wants a growing understanding of the truth without committing to a single form of expression in plain language without committing oneself. So Pope Francis wants to go from absolute truth Preserving doctrine to moral relativism. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, grow in our understanding of the truth. Want to pick it up from there, Paul? Go ahead. Yes. Seawald noted that Fernandez has also served as Francis's ghostwriter, but for speeches that are often quite meaningless, or also given, uh, or also for the controversial encyclical Amoris Laetitia, leaving blocks that critics have described as illegible, too wishy-washy, and that experts see bordering on heresy. The latest of, and this guy's in charge of the... Uh, of all the catechism, all the teaching, all yeah. the doctrine, all the yeah. theology now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, another guy reared in um, uh, uh, the... What's the theology down there, Jess? I'm, I'm drawing Libera a blank Liber down there. Liberation theology. Liberation theology. Latin and American Jesuit liberation theology. Yes. Marxism yeah. joined together with the church. Yes. Yes. Uh, the latest developments point to a real breach of the dam, he said. And in view of the dramatic decline of Christianity in Europe, again, the dramatic decline of Christianity in Europe, this would turn into a flood that destroys what has still held out. I want to quote a Protestant, Pat Boone. He said it a long time ago, and I'll, I'll just want to repeat him. He said, if if the Catholic Church falls, Christianity falls. Okay. I've also, <laughs> I've also heard thing. Billy. I've also heard Billy Graham say the same thing on CNN. Uh, yes. Same. Same. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and we know. That the church is always going to be preserved, Jess. Amen. There will always be a remnant, uh, but that does not mean that the outer uh, uh, appearance of the church will not be co-opted for something more sinister. Yeah, speaking about co-opting, here's where the article gets in, in, into the very interesting theology now and eschatology. This is this is the meat of it right here. Benedict okay. the Sixteenth, the uh, catacon, that, that's a Greek word that means the restrainer. At mm. one point, Seawall described Pope Benedict XVI as something like the catacon, the restraining, the force mentioned by St. Paul that temporarily restrains the Antichrist and the coming of the mm. end times in 2 Thessalonians 2.7. Yeah. Recent news from the Vatican, Seawall said, reminded him of a, of a 2013 book by Italian philosopher Giorgio Agamben, that envisioned Benedict as a kind of restrainer. See what also called that Benedict also recalled that Benedict as a young theologian, quote, distinguished between a church of the wicked and a church of the just in an interpretation of St. Augustine. In an essay published back in 1956, the future Pope wrote that the following quote, 
the Antichrist belongs to the church, mm. grows in, grows in it, and with and with it up to the great separation, which will be introduced by the ultimate revelation. Close quote. Wow. Wow. What a revelation, Jess. He's it all, Bishop Sheen also says that the Antichrist is going to be from one from a member of the church as well. So you got Fulton Sheen saying this and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth saying this in our in our lifetime. Against yeah. this background, I'm... against this background, his resignation inevitably inevitably evoked the separation of the beautiful from the black church. That span in which the wheat is separated from the chaff, Seawald stated. And he revealed that Benedict apparently saw it similarly. He had to stay on. He answered my question as to why he could not die. As a memorial to the authentic message of Jesus, as a light on the mountain, in the end, like you said, Paul, before the show, Christ will triumph, he added. Seawall detested. Uh, go ahead, Paul, pick it up from there. This is good stuff. Yeah, just one quick comment. You talked about us being in the, you know, in the passion right now. The, the mystical body of Christ is going through the passion. Did not Christ, was he not betrayed by one of, you know, one of the. Uh, one of his own. One of. That, one yes. of his own that he That he handpicked. Yes. Yes. And so now I'm putting all this together. Doesn't it make sense? This, yes. Seeing this betrayal of the mystical body of Christ by one of his own. <laughs> it, it's uh, the dots are all connecting, yeah. Right, they're all lining up. All the right, stars are lining up. Keep Here on, we go. keep on. Yeah. In contrast to media portrayals of Francis as the Pope of Mercy, Seawall decried the Pontiff's authoritarian style and how he has ruled harshly. Bergoglio knew that he could not hold a candle to Ratzinger in his theological and nobility. He stated, he concentrated on effects and had the backing of the media, which did not want to look too closely. Of course, because they're allied, right? Lest they also see that behind the Pope was, uh, who was portrayed as open-minded and progressive was a sometimes very authoritarian ruler as Bergoglio was already known in Argentina. So, you know, mm. you just go back and look at what his reputation was and you see what a, I hate to say it like this, Jess, but he acts as a tyrant. Dictator. He acts yes, as a dictator. that's what a dictator does. And that, by the way, goes right along with Marxist ide ideology. Yes, um, Liber yeah, uh, exactly. Go ahead. Yes, yeah. Through, uh, though Seawald said Pope Francis initially impressed him with his commitment to the poor and refugees, the astonished public observed that Bergoglio did not keep many of his promises, contradicting himself again and again, and thus causing considerable confusion. In addition, there were many cases that he ruled harshly, uh, deposed unpopular people, and closed valuable institutions created under John Paul II. The biographer said, "I just, want to, mention, I just want to mention one yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, on day one, ten years ago, when I saw the white smoke of the conclave go up, and yep. I saw a Jesuit from Argentina was elected pope, mm -hmm. I told Anita, we're in the living room, we're watching it. I told mm -hmm. her, oh no, we mm -hmm. are in trouble. This man mm -hmm. is a liberation, a theo theology modernist.'" 
And she, mm. agreed, she agreed with me immediately on the spot. Well, guess what? Ten years later, I was absolutely right. I said that yes. on day one. Go ahead, pick it up. Yes. Seawald cited Francis's treatment of Benedict XVI's personal secretary, Archbishop George Ganswine, uh, uh, yeah, whom Francis ordered to leave the Vatican last month. It makes him untrustworthy, Seawald remarked. One cannot, with the Bible in hand, constantly speak of brotherly love, mutual respect, and mercy, and at the same time trample these virtues underfoot. The brutality and public humiliation with which uh, a deserving man like Ganswine was dumped is unprecedented. Not even the custom of giving a word of thanks to departing employee as is customary in the smallest company uh, in the smallest company was observed. Jess, I just like to comment on that. I remember when I, I was working for a uh, a sheriff and I was actually working for the sheriff. And uh, there was a lot of people that didn't like me in that position and didn't like, you know, the, but they knew that, you know, the sheriff in a sense, you know, that they knew not to mess with me. But the minute the, the sheriff was deposed, <laughs> I got called to the carpet and I was told, find a new home. You have, <laughs> you have like a, a, a week. If you don't find a place, I'm going to send you somewhere. <laughs> That was, wow. I was told that by it. I was told that by it. There was no, hey, thank you for your service. You did a good job for the sheriff. You know what I mean? So, so you, got, is, you got Ganswine. You got Ganswine. Yes, I got Ganswine. And, and so I can relate to it. And I understand it's like there's no. Hold that thought. No, hold that been, thought. Yeah. Hold that thought. We'll be back. <laughs> Jesus and I will win. <laughs> <laughs> Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, paragraph 675. The church is going through her passion right now. Uh, pain is just for a few moments. Eternity is forever. Embrace your pain. Wrap yourself around the cross of Christ and hang on and don't let go. The article says the article says here the pope downgraded Ganswine but he meant the one for whom Ganswine stands. In other words, the pope really uh, was was like metaphorically deposing uh Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict. That's what he was doing. He was doing it through Ganswine. Pope Francis mm -hmm. also sparked outrage last year for removing Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres from the Diocese of Arecibo, Puerto Rico, without due canonical process or even an explanation. To date, the Vatican has not given a reason for the move, which was reportedly due to the conservative bishop's opposition to COVID jab mandates. Mm -hmm. Pope Francis has aggressively targeted traditional orders and groups as well, in addition to cracking down on the Latin Mass. At the same time, the Pope has promoted openly heterodox prelates like Archbishop Fernandez, who is now a cardinal, and allowed bishops in Germany and Belgium to approve blessings for homosexual unions and publicly repudiate Catholics' teaching without, uh, and, and, and publicly repudiates Catholic teaching without penalty. Moreover, mm. Sewell pointed out that both Francis and Cardinal Fernandez have protected clerics accused 
of committing or covering up sex abuse. In other words, if you're my friend, not a problem, I'll cover up for you. Cardinal Mm -hmm. Fernandez only agreed to take on the role of CDF prefect after Pope Francis assured him that he would not have to deal with sexual abuse in the church, Seawald said. Again, a clear difference in orientation. While Fernandez abdicated responsibility for the abuse, Ratzinger as prefect pulled it into his domain because he saw <clears throat> that elsewhere the offenses were swept under the table and the victims left alone, he observed. Cardinal Fernandez is no stranger to this issue, he continued, citing reports that Cardinal Fernandez covered up at least 11 cases of clerical, abu- clerical abuse as Archbishop of La Plata, Argentina. My, co- my mm-hmm. question is, why does Pope Francis keep elevating these these uh, uh, liber- liberal, uh, liberation theology modernist uh, prelates who all of them are either compromised personally with sexual uh, misdeeds or they've covered up for their friends who have been involved mm. in sexual abuse. To me, it seems that the Francis papacy is top-heavy with these ty- type of prelates. Well, it's Go ahead true. And pick it up from there, Paul. Pick it up from there. Pope, Pope, Pope Francis, for his part, personally appointed disgraced Belgian Cardinal Godfrey Daniels uh, to the Vatican Synod on the family after Daniels had been caught covering up child sex abuse, Seawald recalled. And again, where's the media? Where's the outrage, Jess? You know, they were outraged uh, um, uh, uh, about the, the sound of freedom, but... Yeah, you know, but they can't get outraged about this. The sound of freedom, you know, puts the spotlight on a lot of the issues. Uh, but this is how backwards and inverted the world is. Daniels was one of the driving forces of the so-called St. Gallen Mafia, a group of cardinals who wanted to push Bergoglio through as pope as early as 2005 conclave, which almost succeeded, he said. Uh, Francis also had no problem pointing Theodore McCarrick the former Archbishop of Washington, who was un, who was known to be an abuser to Vatican bodies. He added, Benedict XVI had taken action against McCarrick, but Francis entrusted him with the negotiations with the People's Republic of China, led to an agreement that, sub, that subordinated the underground Catholic Church with Benedict XVI, which Benedict XVI was still promoting to the state authorities. Since then, Banners with inscriptions such as Love the Communist Party have hung in China's churches. Seawald said, noting that Pope Francis's recently confirmed, uh, uh, Pope Francis recently confirmed the Chinese government's appointment of a bishop to the Diocese of Shanghai. Hmm. Uh, despite Francis's efforts to make to remake the church in his image, Seawald expressed hope. The Holy Spirit still has something to say about this, and many who are rejoicing today that Francis is getting rid of Benedict's legacy could be weeping bitterly about it tomorrow. My thoughts on that, Jess, are simple. Listen, the Antichrist must come. This this religious deception must occur before Christ returns. So um, we should be excited knowing that everything is right. Uh, you on know, schedule, uh, right? Where, right on yes, schedule. right on schedule, brother. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. There's another article. We won't get to it, uh, but I just want to at least quote one paragraph. It's 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 called "Was Pope Benedict the Restrainer, the Catacomb for the Antichrist" by T. S. Flanders. 
It's on First Peter five. It's a very good article. I just want to quote the end of it because it gives us kind of kind of the hope. It's uh, it's called the consolation of our, of the scriptures and the test of our faith. It says, before any of our critics accuse us of being crazy, let's just quote the six hundred seventy fifth paragraph of the New Catechism. It says this. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers in the form of a religious deception offering... <laughs> yeah, me and Paul just quoted to you uh, 30 minutes of religious deception. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. A pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in the place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. Close quote. We can see this type of thing is already happening in spades under Francis. Is this the end times? Read on. First, I want to underscore the importance of this dogma for Catholics of all times. Most importantly, God has revealed some of the mystery of iniquity himself in the New Testament, particularly in the book of the Apocalypse. The exegetical tradition of the church sees this book as a threefold prophecy. It prophesies to the early church about what they're going through at the time. The famous number of the beast, for example, is the code for Caesar Nero. But it also prophesies the whole history of the church. The destruction of Babylon can represent every unfaithful city punished by God after apostasy. And finally, also the end times. Thus, Mm. I encourage readers in our time to meditate upon this woefully neglected book of prophecy. For the Holy Spirit has breathed his words uh, into it for our own benefit, that we may have the consolation of the scriptures as it says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, in our times. So, the test of our faith. The second aspect of the importance of this dogma comes from the words of our Lord. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith upon the earth? Luke 18, 8. As the new catechism above mentioned, the time of the Antichrist will shake the faith of many believers. So if we're not currently in the end times here, it is certainly that it will get worse. If your faith Mm. is struggling now, what will you do in the time of the Antichrist? Or if, our ti- or if our time truly is the beginning of the end, what will you do when the Son of Man comes and, and you have lost your faith? If the Roman dogmas of the papacy are true, then undoubtedly the Antichrist will target the papacy somehow and it will be in a way to shake the faith of believers. So if we are fortified in the scriptures, none of us should be surprised if Benedict truly is the catechon, the restrainer, which was restraining the Antichrist. However, this is not certain. It is difficult to determine if we're facing the beginning of the end. But we know that at many times in history, the saints have believed such things to be happening in their times. During the horror of the first two porno pornocracies of the papacy or during other times of papal craziness like the great western schism it certainly appeared as if the antichrist had taken over the vatican and what Mm. did the saints do they fought for the faith and died handing it down to us what is certain however Mm. is that the time of the antichrist will be the worst crisis of faith yet the final crisis and everyone's faith will be shaken Fear not, mm-hmm. the Bible says, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fear not, but fight mm-hmm. the good fight of faith, close quote. If your faith is wavering, mm. get off the internet and pray. Read the scriptures as yeah. I said. Join our fasting so- so- sodality. There's a fast coming up, coming up for the Feast of the Assumption. If your faith is strong, go on the internet and complain on Twitter. Wait. Actually, don't do that. Go on the internet and perform the spiritual works of mercy. Encourage the doubtful. Instruct the ignorant. That's what me and Paul do every every Tuesday and Thursday. 
But before you spend time on the internet, form a chapter of our lay sodality at your parish to offer reparation to our Eucharistic Lord. Get yes. involved in your local parish. And for the yes. sake of, and for the sake of the sacred heart of Jesus, which is right behind Paul's head in his office, mm-hmm. enthrone his majesty in your domestic church right away. Give thanks to God that he has counted you worthy to live in such a time as this, a glorious time to be a Catholic. Our great-grandchildren will ask about this time and what we did during this crisis. Let us set an example to future generations. Well said, Timothy Flanders. Paul. Yes, Jess. You just got me fired up, Jess. Everything, you uh, you know, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear it. Yes. Yeah, we all need to hear it, and we all need to be encouraged. And listen, this is what the faith is really all about. Suffering perfects love, and Mm. that's okay. Just like our Lord went through the passion, the mystical body of Christ, Christ being the head, that is the church, is going to go through this passion. Embrace it, as you tell me, Just People need to just embrace it. We don't run from it. We run to it. You know what? Just like Mary Magdalene, wrap your arms around the the feet of Jesus and hold yes. on tight and don't let go. All of us yes. should assume the, the 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 interior posture of Saint Mary Magdalene. Wrap yourselves around our Lord Jesus Christ and don't let go. And beg him, beg him that his uh that his holy gaze will make us holy and prepare us for heaven. Paul, just just give us the anima Christi to take us home, baby. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Oh, good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, hide me. Separated from you, let me never be. From the evil one, protect me at the hour of my death. Call me and close to you. Bid me that with your saints and angels, I may be praising you forever and ever. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Up next, Gary yeah. Machuda. Hands-on apologetics coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for me and Paul, hey, we tried to inspire you. We're here to... Yes. Paul and me are here every single week. We aim to inspire all of you until we expire. We're all going to expire. Amen. But until then, we aim to inspire you. God bless you. Yes. Keep the faith. See you next time.